So, hey, Amelia, you know how we like do this phone call every week and it's great, but the person that we call never picks up? Yeah. Okay. So, like, I think it would be really cool is if instead of we call this person every week, we just did like a podcast, right? It would be like so much easier than like making this phone call and then trying to figure out how to like everyone listens to this voicemail from this one person's voice box. And I thought it would be really awesome if we used a super cool service like Zencaster, because it's super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. You can use it on your browser and we can start recording a high quality podcast right away. You can get studio quality sound up to 4k video with your guests. If you want to include video that I think is cool. You also can get rid of those ums and ahs like I just did. I did like <laughs> three of them. You can get rid of those and the awkward pauses in your podcast. And you can also. Yeah, exactly. And also you have like all of your tools right there in the Zencaster platform. It's all there. So you don't have to like go to like several different spots and you can like basically distribute it to Spotify, Apple and other major destinations. In fact, I think I'm going to go and like set up a thing on Zencast. I'll be back. See you later. All right. Well, while he's doing that, go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use our code ASWAYD and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all of our podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Sup, you've reached Clarissa. I'm out somewhere being da bomb and can't answer. My bad. <laughs> Leave me your name number and a sweet message and I'll hit you up later. Peace. Hey, it's Amelia. And Sherrick. You told us to call, let you know what we're doing. Weird, we get your voicemail almost every week at this point. Oh, well, I guess we'll leave you a message about what we're up to and our pop culture thoughts of the week, and hopefully we'll hear back from you soon. It's almost like we have a podcast that uh, finds that boredom is preferable to doing stuff. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I really enjoy the different versions of like laughter I get out of Amelia. Let me tell y'all, like you don't get to see the face, the face that happens after I say the thing that I say, but I can usually tell. (laughs) where it's going as someone who has adhd has spent a good part of their life complaining about boredom no No. (laughs) what did i say about no oh yeah that's right no no (laughs) oh man fun times uh so hey amelia how was your week it's fine um not too much going on i guess it's december which i don't know how that happened Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel like december sure doesn't everybody's like decorating for christmas and i'm like it doesn't feel like christmas Mm -hmm. i don't like i'm not i'm not in a like bah humbug kind of mood it's not like that it's more just like it doesn't feel like it's the time Mm -hmm. so i don't feel motivated to like do anything and i feel like if that's gonna just keep happening and all of a sudden my parents are gonna show up and be like hey merry christmas and i'm like what, what? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so yeah i don't know what else what else what else <sighs> i don't know that's kind of it nothing's really going on just like work and stuff okay 
So, I don't know. How about you? Not too much either. Getting back into the swing of things of work is nice. But we did get told that we're getting the 22nd and the 27th as recharge days. So I thought that was kind of a cool thing that they were just like, y'all, we've heard you. You work hard. Take these two days for free. And it's like, oh, cool. Awesome. Appreciate that. So you already had the 25th and 6th off? Just the 25th. Oh, okay. So I'll have the 25th, the 27th, the 29th, and the 22nd. I went backwards at the end there. But so it's like, I'll be hopscotching days for a while. So that, yeah, that last, that week in between, I'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mm -hmm. So it'll be, so it'll be interesting because it'll be, I'll be off that Friday and then off the following Monday. Uh-huh. And the 25th starts a, a chain of four straight weeks where I am not working on Monday. Yeah. So then I'll also have Wednesday, I, Friday. And so I'll have like two four-day weekends. Why, why would they give <laughs> you the weekends. 27th as a recharge day if the 26th is not a day off? Why wouldn't they give you the 26th? I don't know. But they, they did. Fucking weirdest thing. Yeah. So we do. Let's see. We get the 25th and 6th off. Uh-huh. And then the 27th and 8th, and I guess the 9th, but I don't work Fridays, are work from home days. Mm -hmm. And what they've said is that, like, it's kind of like that. It's more like, if you have stuff to do, like, get your stuff done, but, like, you don't have to be, like, diligently working your eight hours or whatever on those Mm -hmm. days from home. It's just, like. I'm sure there are some people that have clients that like they have to kind of keep working on or whatever, which sucks. But yeah, but yeah, so that's kind of nice for me because it's basically days off. Um, Although last year I went into the office and reorganized some shit because it's a lot easier to do when nobody's around. Yeah. So we'll see if I do that again this year or if I'm motivated to do that again this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i hear so. you on that well cool yeah. so with that being said i guess uh i'll jump into what we're talking about today which is acts 1.5 into 2 of Baldur's gate 3 and the reason that i put 1.5 is because of several things the the main thing being that like there there's not so some games have what's called like a point of no return in them mm-hmm. some movies uh you can like see it from a story perspective, but like it's obviously with games being more interactive, it's more of a thing. And that's basically like, okay, once you reach this point in the game, you can't go back like towards the beginning of the game mm-hmm. in an exploratory sense. Like the game will cut you off and say, Nope, you can no longer go there or any quests mm-hmm. that you have forgot. Like ga- like some games will frequently be like, Hey, make sure that you've done all of your quests. If you're going to continue, because once you get past this point, you can't, you can't do them anymore so like if you're like oh yeah i was i was gonna go and investigate koga but then you fucking went into act two the game will find ways to resolve that because you didn't by your inaction essentially Mm, so so the, the this particular game Baldur's gate three is a little bit shifty in where that point of no return is it's Mm. actually very deep into act two so for a while you can go into what is called act two content as i use air quotes but still go back to like the 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 act one area to wrap stuff up if you want it so i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of talk a little bit about like the stuff that kind of is technically act two but it takes place in the act one kind of area 
or just stuff that is act one that I forgot. Okay. So before I get there, I'm going to drop a little bit more knowledge on you because uh, some of this stuff is kind of kind of important to know. Okay. So there there are uh, there's a pantheon of gods that exist in the Forgotten Realms, which is essentially the place that Baldur's Gate three takes place in, and and thus they borrow some of the gods and goddesses from said pantheon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen that alignment chart that like goes from like lawful good to like chaotic evil, and it's kind of oh, like a yes. cube, like mm-hmm. these gods will fall in various scatter shots on that particular cha- chart. Okay. Um, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, it, these are like the alignments that 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 typically exist in like your your tabletop RPGs or what have you. Helps you decide like what your character would do. I see. You you have lawful good, which is like the people that are expected to do the right thing. They they do like they are. They will carry a, a old woman across the street and not take payment for it. They're just like just it's just for the pleasure of doing good. Neutral good, which are folk that do the best they can to help others according to their own needs. So, like, they'll mm-hmm. consider their needs into what they do, but it's generally good things. Mm-hmm. Chaotic good, which are creatures that are or folk that act as their conscience directs with little regard of what others expect. So, <laughs> uh, in in this particular universe, if you will, unicorns are in that group. <laughs> mm. So, for what that's worth. Mm-hmm. I don't think there are any unicorns in the game as far as I know, but just something to know. Then you have lawful neutral, which are individuals that act in accordance with the law, tradition, or personal codes. So they're they're not necessarily good or evil, but they they they'll go they'll work by a code, you know, of their own. So gotcha. you'll find lots of like monks, some many wizards will be kind of lawful neutral. Mm, okay. Um straight up neutral, just just the word neutral. Mm-hmm. is the alignment of those that seek to steer clear of moral questions and they don't take sides they just do what seems best at the time so they're not nece- they they try to stay out of other people's stuff and just kind of keep to themselves okay chaotic neutral are creatures and folk that follow their own whims holding their personal freedom above all else so like they're to themselves if you will like they kind of do, they'll help as they feel like it's needed mm-hmm. whether it be good or evil is Whatever they want, as long as their personal freedom stays intact. Gotcha. Lawful evil are creatures that methodically take what they want within within the limits of a code of tradition, loyalty, or order. So they are evil, but like they're they're a type of evil. They're not just like willy nilly, if you will. Mm-hmm. They are are like some some villains that will like they'll steal from a bank, but they won't necessarily like kill anybody. You know. I see. Um, <clears throat> Uh, neutral evil that are the is the alignment of those that can do whatever they can get away with. They don't care about compassion. They have no qualms. They don't really care. They just whatever they can get away with, they'll do it. Mm-hmm. And then chaotic evil, excuse me, are creatures that just act with arbitrary violence. They're spurred by greed, hatred, or bloodlust. So those are the kind of folks that would like rob a bank mostly because they know they'll get to kill people. Mm, <laughs> not mm-hmm. really, not really care. Like the gold is secondary, but the killing is like, yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> Great. <laughs> mm-hmm. So with those being thrown out, I'm going to, uh, there's, there's so many gods and you, uh, in this there's four, eight, 12, 16, 22, 24, 20, like roughly 27 gods and goddesses. I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw all of them at you because truth be told, there's only like a small amount of them that are like actively involved in the story. Um, Mm -hmm. Some, some of the other ones, depending on your class, you can 
like act as you you basically get dialogue options that like reinforce that you are a follower of said uh god or goddess mm-hmm. but there's that so we'll start with saluna she is what is known as the lady of silver she uh presides over the moon stars and navigation she is the twin sister goddess of this god named Shar, who is the god that that basically is like the god of darkness um she's she's the god of darkness she's the god of secrets and she's the goddess of loss these two are basically like at war with each other, like constantly. Like mm-hmm. followers of Shar hate Salunites. Salunites hate followers of Shar. Like it's all it's on site all day. Shar mm-hmm. <laughs> is the goddess that Shadowheart follows. Okay. So that's just that that is the reason why I mentioned those two specifically. I'm not just gonna tell you like why like they that they are important. I'm gonna tell you why they're important. Mm-hmm. Then you have Vlacketh. Uh, she's the Lich Queen and the sole respected leader of the Githyanki, which is Lazel's like, Lazel is like, you know, all, like just throws down for Vlacketh all day. Like her hope is, is that she's going to be what, like the right hand of Vlacketh. Like that's, mm-hmm. that is like her major goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lathander shows up. He's called the Morning Lord, God of Dawn and Spring. Um, he doesn't like show up officially. They don't see like a picture of him, but there's like stuff that happens that references Lathander. His followers embrace growth and renewal and they despise the undead. So like, they're like very anti undead. Okay. I mean, same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the God of justice is called Tyr, T-Y-R. He is known as the blind God because he basically just like encourages valiant acts from his followers and relentless. He's mostly like a paladin kind of God. Okay. The characters that were kind of after Karlak that I told you about, they they say that they are followers of Tyr, but they're lying, basically. Like mm. they're basically saying like, no, we follow Tyr and Tyr wants us to just relentlessly produce, or pursue this person. Mm-hmm. But they're lying. They're actually working for Xario. A couple of minor gods, Helm is like the set the, the sentry god. He's kind of like a like a soldier or knight god, if you will. Um <clears throat> Kelimvor gets mancher, gets mentioned a couple of times depending on who you talk to. He guides the dead to their appropriate plane in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Uh Loth is the spider god. Uh basically all of the like a good chunk of the drow worship Loth. She's she's incredibly cruel. Like she, her plan is to corrupt the 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 drow into heartless cultists. Like she just wants mm-hmm. like she's she's probably on that chaotic evil kind of side of things. Mhm. Tiamat is the many mod uh, and rolling mass of avarice and hate rec- uh, represented by like a circle with dragon's heads just coming off of it in every direction. Will has something to do with Tiamat, but that's act three. I just want to mention it now. Okay. There's a god called uh, that I, I'm going to say what I confuse his name as first and then I'm going to say his actual name. Okay. I always I always see Carl Glittergold and I'm like, what a name. <laughs> Like you've got you've got Helm and Kelimvor and Loth and Carl Glittergold, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's actually it's actually Garl. It's actually Garl Glittergold. So a little bit different. Mm, mm-hmm. He's he's the watchful protector of the gnomes. So basically, gnomish god like he gnomes uh, typically will worship him. Um, there's mist. There's Mistra, who I mentioned uh, in Act One. She is the basically the mother of all magic and gail's former lover so there's that 
And then there's a couple that I'm going to be secretive about. So you've got you've got Merkel, who is the essentially like the god of the dead. But it's kind of implied that like he has stolen that from another god, if you will, mm-hmm. that, that is kind of that is kind of like not really talked about. Mm-hmm. You've got Bane, who is the paragon of hate, fear and tyranny. So like people who want to be tyrannical uh, typically will follow Bane. They're called Baneites, which I think is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Ball, which is spelled B H A A L, and he is the god of of murder. So like straight up chaotic evil mm-hmm. there for you. And then I think there's one more I wanted to tell you about the god of Ilmater, minor god. Uh, god basically, the, he's called the crying god. He protects the oppressed and persecuted. Mm. So. Okay. Like I said, those are those are just the gods that I think are going to be important to the story. There's way more of them, mm-hmm. but like they they may come up depending on what character you play. If you ever do play the game, whether mm-hmm. it be you, Amelia, or like you, listener. Mm-hmm. So just know that. All right. With that being said, I'm going to start talking about this um, particular force. So way back at the beginning, I think I told you that you got yeeted off of the Nautiloid, that big tentacly ship. And mm-hmm. right before you hit the ground, you like pause, like your body like freezes mm-hmm. and it like it stops you from like hitting the ground at full speed and dying. And then you like, f- like land. Mm-hmm. So one night when you are in camp and you go to sleep, you have a dream and you have a dream that is that is that is you it is strange because everyone in the party has almost the exact same dream. Ooh. And. The only difference is that it is um, it the person that is saying these things looks different to everybody. Oh, interesting. Okay, but they are essentially saying the same thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I am the one that's protecting you. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. As long as I'm around, you won't become a mind flayer. I know you're worried about it. Mm-hmm. And what makes this so interesting is that that night that you are going to sleep is mm-hmm. like the worst night of sleep that you have. Like your character is sweating, they're in pain, they feel delirious. Like they like it it is heavily implied that like the transformation into a mind flayer is beginning. Oh, okay. And so like even like if you're not careful like Lazelle comes to you because she's like I feel like I'm dying mm-hmm. and I see you and like one of us transforming is awful but a party full of mind flayers will destroy this countryside you know like Mm -hmm. so she's like i'll 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 start with you and then i'll kill everyone else and then i'll slip my own throat um great basically yeah so she's like she's like there's like it's too late we could not find a healer in time we couldn't get to a crush in time you can either trick lazelle into giving you the sword and then doing nothing with it or you could trick lazelle into giving you the sword and then you kill her with it uh or you can have Lazel kill you in which case the game ends <laughs> um so there's that but if you survive uh or if you kill Lazel and and don't kill yourself mm-hmm. which we'll put a, we'll, we'll put a content warning you have this dream and this this protector this person which you get to design what this person looks like at the beginning of the game so after you build your own character the mm-hmm. game basically it used to say tell me who do you dream of at night but now it says choose your guardian. And so you mm. get to build you get to build what this guardian looks like. And they come to you for the first time in this dream and is, are basically like, 
You aren't going to turn into a mind flayer. You'll be fine. I'm going to protect you. Just, you know, keep looking for a way. Like, they basically kind of, like, the guide you and, like, you need to find, like, the source of this and destroy it. Mm-hmm. While I keep you from turning into a mind flayer. Got it. You do run into a situation in Act 1 as well where you have a character who has been killed by what's called an owl bear, mm-hmm. which I may have mentioned, but if I if I didn't mention, think of like a big ass grizzly bear okay. and then like and then like make it slightly bigger. Oh shit. And then and then give it like an owl head, like a proportionate like owl head, like an actual Wow, okay. Yeah, and like claws and shit. Like they are they're they're fucking terrifying. Like <laughs> Let me see here. Let me. I. I mean, I think you get the idea of yeah. what I said, but like, I'm just gonna find you a picture of an owl bear because, like, it it really does not do it justice. I think. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, you run across this dude. He's he's basically been just eviscerated by an owl bear and his two his two uh f- I guess siblings, but it's not actually clear if they actually are siblings or not. Mm-hmm. They are basically being like, no, don't die. We love you. And he's just like, they're a true soul, like pointing to your character. They're like, they're a true soul. They're going to take over. Mm-hmm. There's there's the photo of the owlbear, by the way. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. OK. So, yeah, they, they 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 can fuck you up. They're pretty formidable. Yeah. Um, no you, kidding. Can, you, you can actually <laughs> fight one if you would like to. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, the point the reason I'm telling you this is because regardless of what you do, with this situation, you find out that this dude that was dying had a tadpole in his head because it crawls out of him after mm-hmm. he dies. Gross. The dream visitor <laughs> is like, yeah, the dream visitor is like, I know you think that's kind of gross, but you should take that tadpole because it has powers and you should hold on to that. And so it introduces this mechanic where you can consume tadpoles that you find in mm-hmm. order to get yourself mind flayer powers i see okay they start very low but like uh they start very low but like they can eventually become very powerful and that's all i'll say on that for now okay anyway moving back so basically everyone the next day after they're they all are like everyone in the party is like i had this dream this person came to me you kind of compare notes and you realize that like you've had the same dream essentially Mm-hmm. Not long after that, depending on uh, how many rests you've taken or what you've done, you run into this like very like 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 uh, aristocratic gentleman who likes to speak in riddles. Of course. And his name is Raphael. And mm-hmm. he knows way too fucking much about you. Like he knows that you've been on the Nautiloid. He knows that you've got a tadpole in your head, regardless of who you've told. And he claims to be like like able to help you and Hmm. you were still in this stage where like you almost just turned into a mind flayer and then you had this freaky ass dream where someone was like oh yeah uh i'll protect you uh hopefully you won't turn into a mind flayer keep going bye so a little poking and prodding uh helps him reveal that he is uh, a cambion Hmm. and he is a powerful cambion at that okay and he claims that He can help you. He can get rid of the tadpole, but he would consider it a favor owed. 
And whether or not, like, basically, how, no matter how you kind of decide, he kind of just goes, don't worry about it. We'll work out the details later. Mm-hmm. Most people, myself included, are like, get the fuck out of here before I kill you. And he kind of, like, laughs at that, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, so he's lurking around. So know that. Mm-hmm. One other thing that happens is that you run across this uh, inn called uh, Joaquin's Rest. That is totally on fire, 100%. Like, it is burning down. Mm -hmm. So you rush in there to find that a bunch of drow or dark elves and goblins have attacked this inn because they knew that uh, the Duke, uh, one of the Dukes of Baldur's Gate, Duke Ravengard, Will's dad, was staying there. So they trap one of his lieutenants named Counselor Floric in a burning, like, in one of the rooms. They kidnap uh, Ravengard and they take him away. So depending on if you've got Will uh, around or not, he's obviously kind of in a panic because that's his dad. Um, And once you free Counselor Florek, she's like, yeah, uh, we kind of need him. That's really bad if the Duke, uh, one of the big like big Dukes of Baldur's Gate is just like gone. Like it's not going to take long before everyone to start kind of going into panic because he's like the big boss as far as like the, the flaming fist who are like the essentially the police if you will of Baldur's Gate they're kind of like a like a a group that you can join to keep the peace and stuff like that got it okay like it's like it's like the police chief going missing you know like it's it's not it's not great so or is it well in this case it's not because he's (laughs) actually he's actually not a piece of shit so like (laughs) okay got it well let me amend that I'll, I'm going to say this now. So you find out later that the whole situation with Will becoming a warlock, which is what he is, mm-hmm. is not exactly something that his dad likes. And his dad didn't really like take the time to understand. So he kind of kicked him out, sort of. So he he's not necessarily a piece of shit, like, as in, like, the, the way cops are. But, like, he is kind mm-hmm. of a piece of shit to Will. So that's we'll, okay. we'll get to that later, though. P- but point is, is, like, Floric is like, listen, you've rescued me. If you could, it'd be really cool if you could, like, go hunt down where this dude went, where they took him. They said something about Moonrise Towers, and you're like, oh, okay, that mm-hmm. keep that in note. So um, that's just important because Counselor Floric and, and uh, Duke Ravengard come up later. As you continue to move in a northerly direction, you run into this giant red dragon uh, named Kudenos. And it is carrying this high-ranking Githyanki official named Kithrak Voss. If you've ever seen, like, the stereotypical, like, uh, Dragon Ball Z hair, where, like, their hair is, like, sticking up straight and kind of like a cone, uh-huh. that's what that's what Kithrak Voss has. <laughs> He's got that kind of hair. Got it. So he basically is seen talking to some other Githyanki who have just destroyed this giant bridge. And killed some flaming fists because the flaming fists are like, you can't be here. Get out of here. And the Githyanki are like, bitch, we'll kill you. And then they do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Kithrak Voss basically is like, you you either overhear him or if you let Lazelle get too close, she'll be too excited and she will literally leave your party. She'll mm. just like you like lose control of Lazelle like she, like typically the four characters that you have or how many characters you have like a portrait. Mm-hmm. Her portrait like will 
will be like unclickable. Like it'll just like disconnect from the rest of the party and she'll like run up and you still get some opportunities to kind of convince her and like how to respond because basically she's like, ha ha other gift Yankee. I told you now we can go get purified. Mm-hmm. But naturally this gift Yankee don't want to listen to shit that Lazelle has to say. She might as well be a rookie and they go, listen, fuck what you're saying. We got to find this weapon. It looks like this polyhedral thing and it's got Githyanki runes on it and it's super important that we find it. Mm, okay. And you're like, oh, I might I might have said this in the first one, but I'm going to cover it again anyway. Um, you're basically like, oh, shit, this is bad. Like, because the weapon is like, I don't like this, Mr. Krabs. It's like, no. Yeah. So you kind of keep it to yourself mm, okay. and don't say that it's there. So once that happens, if you continue north, as opposed to trying to go towards Moonrise Towers, you will occasionally get your dream visitor being like, Moonrise Towers is not this way. Like, don't don't go this way. And you continue on. You run into this lady whose name I forget. So I in my notes, I just call her Egg Bitch. And I'll explain. (laughs) (laughs) I'll explain why that is soon. So you find out that she's part of this order of I think it's called the Society of Brilliance um in in Baldur's Gate and she's like they ki- these these those ruffian gith yankee kicked me out of the monastery and all I was trying to do was I was trying to buy one of their eggs and you're like why the fuck were you trying to buy <laughs> one of their eggs what yeah. sense does that make Right. And like, like you should. I wish I could show you the look on Lazelle's face if she's in your party when she's talking about this. Because like, this mm-hmm. lady is obviously also rude to Lazelle, but Lazelle mm-hmm. is giving her like the the Tina Arnold like, "Oh, bitch, you done fucked up face." Like, <laughs> <laughs> so she she explains that the reason that she wants to buy one of the eggs is that she wants to to conduct an experiment to prove a point that like. It is like it is not in Gith Yankee nature to be violent and like these like quote unquote savages, mm. and that a Gith Yankee quote unquote raised correctly will not be violent and all this stuff. I see. Okay. Heavy spoiler for later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you decide to find a way to to basically let this woman purchase the egg from you, she is very wrong. <laughs> She's incredibly and deadly wrong. So we'll just say that, at least with this particular egg. Maybe she could have succeeded if we got a different egg. I don't know. So just something to note. Mm -hmm. You can also just like buy some stuff from her and just be like, all right, see you later, lady. Good luck on your travels. Or you can just like fucking kill her because like Lazelle obviously wants to murder her um, because she's like, that is an insult for you to even suggest to be buying one of our offspring. Like, that's so gross. Mm -hmm. Anyway. You further get to the uh, the monastery that she's talking about, which is a, it is a, a abandoned monastery that it seems to be one uh, that serves the god Lathander, okay. which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And as you approach, you find that a bunch of Githyanki are bullying these either gnomes or half elves. And they're basically like, you need to keep looking for the weapon. And one of them is like, it's bad news. Like going to Moonrise Towers, that's where we think the weapon is. Mm-hmm. Hell no, I ain't doing that. The Shadow Curse will kill us. And the Githyanki are like, well, 
we could kill you, so pick. <laughs> and one of them goes, I'll take my chances, and she tries to run, and then they skewer her with an arrow, and it sucks. Great. And then they then they lock the massive doors behind them. So you have to climb in through a side window, and then you come in, you come into the the like the wine storage of this monastery, and mm-hmm. it is just overrun with kobolds. <laughs> So kobolds are these like three to four foot tall, like they look like like what you would think like a kid in the 90s would draw like a squishy little dragon. Okay. Because they have little tails and they got like little lizard, like little lizard faces mm-hmm. and they just are debaucherous as hell. <laughs> They're, okay. They love to steal. They love to steal. They love to make money. They love to drink and fight and like. You find just all these kobolds. It's like there's like 10 or 12 of these kobolds. And some of them are so fucking drunk that they've just climbed into the barrel with the wine. And they're just like, (laughs) they're just like, like literally, Amelia, they're passed out drunk in this barrel. And then they wake up and go, oh, more wine. And then they drink. (laughs) How do they not drown, idiots? I don't know, but they don't. Because like the funny part about it is. If you sneak in, you can actually hear like gluck, 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 gluck sounds and mm. it, and you don't know where they're coming from if you don't look. So like mm-hmm. if you are a character that has the ability to like use fire, well, I mean, there's a lot of alcohol around. So you can literally just like like shoot a barrel with a fire arrow or just like use magic to shoot fire. And then the whole room just fucking explodes <laughs> because <laughs> it's just alcohol everywhere. Oh, man. And some of them are so drunk on this barrel that, like, setting them on fire causes them to explode because they're just, like, 90% alcohol <laughs> at this point. So you can choose not to do that or you can just cause chaos. Either way, you sneak further into the monastery and you encounter this puzzle. I'm not going to tell you how to solve the puzzle. Like, you can look up a walkthrough for that. But basically, through, fi- like, seeing this puzzle, which is essentially, it's a it's a glass window that is set in the floor, stained glass window. Mm-hmm. And it's got these four major like authority figures for Lathander. They're called Dawn Masters, I think. And one of the one of the things is broken. So there's like an inscription that the, the narrator tells you about. And you're supposed to find their four weapons and put them on uh, their respective altar. And doing so leads you to a note basically being like our most sacred weapon kept getting stolen. So we found the best way to protect it. And anyone that tries to take it now without this specific thing mm-hmm. is going to get, uh, they're going to, they're going to have, have a good time. Basically it's, it's kind of just implied that like, no one's going to fuck with our shit ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. So you find this thing, this crest, if you will, and then you can go further downstairs. You can skip this part if you want to, but I, I recommend doing it. Anyway, you go further downstairs to find your way into one of the lower keeps, with which uh, a, a subset of Githyanki have turned into their crash. So, like, they're raising they're raising young Githyanki down there. It's a hatchery. They're teaching them how to fight. And, like, this is, like, their headquarters for looking for the weapon. Mm-hmm. And as you fur- get further, closer, closer to this crash, your dream visitor is like, this is a bad idea. Don't go this way. I keep telling you, this is not where you need to go. Mm-hmm. But Lazelle is like, I'm not hearing any of that shit. I'm getting cleansed of this, this thing. I know that this is the best way to do it. So, you know, just, just to think about that. 
So you get down there. The Githyanki are very hostile, even though you have Lazel with you. But they eventually relent because Lazel is like, no, this is this is the teachings of Lakith. Like, I am I am a follower of her and I deserve to be purified. So take me to the Zathisk. I want to be par- purified. So, okay. you, so they, they relent. You can go down there. This is where you can buy an egg if you want to, because there's one egg left and the room is booby trapped to all hell because they are very, very uh, protective of their children. Mm. But you can talk to one person. For some reason, this egg just refuses to hatch and he's getting worried. And everyone else is like, give it up. It's not going to hatch. It's a dud. Like, don't worry about it. But he like believes in this one egg, mm-hmm. which if you don't, as far as I know, if you don't steal this egg and you leave it, the fate of it is kind of left unknown. Like you mm. don't really come back to this point. So it's kind of just like a, eh, um, what happens to it? So you can either sell it in which case it will hatch and like, you'll find out what happens to it later mm-hmm. or you don't. And then who knows? So eventually you get to talk to this person who like, basically is like a, a gift Yankee scientist. And she's like, okay, well, if you, if you've been, if you've, got a mind flayer tadpole if you got which their their word for it is gake which is g-h-a-i-k okay i won't say it often i'll just probably call them mind flayers but just know that like gith yankee called them gake that's that's what they call them all the time so anyway uh you can you can either choose to sit into this purification machine which looks like like it looks like it came out of like Starcraft one from like the nineties. It just looks like this weird, like metal bullshit thing. And it's got like, like, like meat tubes that are pumping it. It looks gross. Uh Or you can let Lazelle do it. And Lazelle basically gets mad if you don't let her do it. (laughs) She's like, I want to be purified first. So what you find out, what you as the, you as the the main character find out Mm -hmm. is that what the Zathis is what what Lazel was taught that it does is that it destroys the parasite completely. So you okay. are good. What the Zathis actually does is it takes all of your experience and your your memories and everything and mm-hmm. it stores them and then it kills you. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so you find that out basically because Lazel uh toughs it out to sit in the Zathisk and you actually have to make checks by rolling dice. And if you don't succeed, she permanently gets debuffed in like intelligence or wisdom, mm. like, f- like permanently. So you like, you can like through leveling up, you can gain experience and thus get like better at charisma or wisdom or those stats that I told you, mm-hmm. but like, it's a, it's a minus one, like permanently. So if she had like a wisdom of 10, now she has a wisdom of nine or whatever. Okay. And then you have to make a second one because it happens, there's two rounds of it. So she could get a potential minus two if you're not careful. It doesn't kill them. Whatever magic that is like protecting your tadpole basically causes the Zathix to blow up. It fucking explodes and you barely get out alive. Okay. The scientist is uh, pissed, as as uh, one would say, about this particular development. But you can convince her by like pretending that like you don't know what happened. You can be like, "What? How did I get here? <laughs> what happened? Huh?" Oh, um, and she goes, "Oh, maybe it just maybe just made you dumb. Anyway, all right, get out of here. Just just leave." <laughs> so you learn that, but Lazelle is like convinced that somebody sabotaged the Zathisk, like that there's somebody like fucking around. 
because there's no way she was taught that this is what it does, but like you can figure it out. Hmm. So anyway, um, you end up going to talk to like one of the high commanders and you have to basically like sneak your way in to talk to this person. You find a big old portrait of the, of Vlacketh, the, the, god queen essentially and it's got this little tiny inscription with a comet like someone has hand drawn a comet in the corner of it and Mm. if you don't if you don't succeed the check the check you you're just like okay it's a drawing whatever Mm -hmm. but if you succeed the check lazel is like well i mean there there's rumors about this prince of the comet or whatever but it's all bullshit like no one believes that um which will be important for later (laughs) Of course. <laughs> so you go in uh the like one of the lieutenants basically is like wait a second y'all look suspicious mm-hmm. i bet you have the weapon don't you and you basically have to like succeed on a high check don't or she like suspicious. wants to fight don't you don't be suspicious don't be suspicious yeah okay. <laughs> I, she just yeah no you're fine it's just like it's one of those mo- it's funny that you say that because it's one of those moments where like she's asking questions and inevitably someone in your party gives a weird look to another one and she catches it and she's like hold mm. on what was that look yeah <laughs> you know something mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like a rare moment in which like an npc isn't like a dummy and just goes oh that looked weird but i don't know like she's like hold on a second <laughs> <laughs> You motherfuckers are hiding something from me. Dude, so play anyway, it cool. Play it yeah, cool. Exactly. <sighs> exactly. So you end up be getting, uh, if you play your cards right, you either end up getting allowed to go in or you fucking can kill her. And then you just take the item that she has that uh, is blocking your way. Um, and then you go talk to this gentleman whose name is Wargaz. There's a lot of Kithraki love them some apostrophes in their words and shit. So he's got like three apostrophes in his name. Um, who is he is also very suspicious to the point where he's like, no, we've been tracking and we know y'all have the weapon. So if you could give it to us, please. And the dream visitor is like, don't do it. That's how I protect you. Like you will you'll be ruined if you give it over. Mm-hmm. Spoilers again, you can't truly give it to them but you can basically admit to having the weapon which distresses the dream visitor greatly Mm. from that point a projection of the god queen vlaketh who is like 20 stories tall or whatever Mm -hmm. basically is like you are be and she's and and because she's a god queen she's a lich which like basically is undead she's just the rudest bitch so she just like (laughs) comes up and is like she's like y'all have something that belongs to us Mm -hmm. and i could be merciful maybe and let you live Mm -hmm. but either way we're getting this weapon Mm. so you can be convinced because again because Lazelle is like number one blackest supporter. So like being in her like fake presence, because she's not literally there, mm-hmm. just her projection is there. Mm-hmm. Like Lazelle gets mad and is like, you will immediately bow. And if you go against my queen, I will kill you. <laughs> so like <laughs> so if you're tired of Lazelle's shit, like just know that this is an opportunity to get rid of Lazelle if you want. Like mm. she can leave the party permanently. I but see. I stuck with her. You basically are told that there is somebody, there's an invader inside the prism, and then I want them dead. And you could basically be like, "Uh, you're a god queen. Why don't you just fucking do it?" Mm-hmm. But she like spouts some bullshit and is like, "That's beneath me or whatever. You're the one that stole this, so you owe us or some nonsense." Mm-hmm. So you can go inside, 
and you reach what is called the astral plane. So think of just like sparkly space where you can like breathe totally fine, but for another reason, you can jump 30 feet at a time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there's like a skeleton, like a skull in the background that is kind of like formed, but like it's because it's in space, it's like blackened and there's all sorts of prisms and shit around. And you meet the dream visitor. Like for the first time, they're not you're not seeing them in a dream, you're seeing them like in person. Okay. And they're basically like, I warned you, like I told you you should have gone the other direction, and now you're here to kill me. By the way, everything that you're hearing and seeing, I'm aware of. I know Vlakith is there, and you can interrogate them a little bit. And they basically are like, Well, Vlakith wants me dead because I know her secret. She's got a secret that like will destroy her image if it gets out. Oh, of course. They all do. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, major spoiler point here for those that are like following around. I'm like, this is good, but I want to make some of my own decisions. Just know for like 30 seconds, don't listen. Uh, in like, oh, you know, or not, whatever, whatever you want. I'm not your dad. <laughs> the, dream, the, the dream visitor then produces a short sword like out of nowhere and is like, well, if you want to kill me, go ahead and do it. And so you get the opportunity to either stab them or don't. And if you stab them, they disappear and then they reappear and they are like, I wanted to trust you, but I can't trust you anymore. So I'm going to continue to protect you. But that's it. And that's the end of that. Or you can say, no, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to stab you. And she goes, either way, they basically go, listen, Flacketh was not going to let you live either way. Like, regardless of whether you did it or not. Yeah. Like, in fact, as soon as you get out there, Wargaz is going to be like, y'all are all y'all are all traitors and you need to die. So Mm. when you leave, because Lazelle doesn't come with you, it's just a one on one conversation. Mm -hmm. By the way, welcome back. If you were, you know, away. (laughs) 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 Missing if you missed that part. Welcome back. So if you you leave the conversation and you go up to Lazelle and you're just like, okay, well, she told us this or the dream visitor told us this uh, or yes, I did murder them, but it, they, I, it didn't work. It didn't stick. As soon as you get back out, well, Borgaz is like, Lazelle, shut the fuck up. You're a <laughs> traitor. All of you need to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have to fight like these high ranking Githyanki in a big battle. Mm. You of course you have to win the fight, otherwise it's game over. So you you kill them. Blackith mm-hmm. is nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. And from here, you can take on the trials of Lathander to get the weapon called the Blood of Lathander, which is like a mace. So like it's like instead of like one of the you know like when you've seen like those mace are typically like on a chain or whatever. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. one not not so with this one, it's like stuck to the top, it's like stuck to the top of like a you know a, a pommel, if you will. Oh, okay. And it radiates light constantly. So it's very good against like undead and like creatures that like take a lot of radiant damage. Possibly one of the best weapons in the game. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the the amulet thing that I told you about. Taking the blood of Lathander basically triggers this weapon that's on the top of the monastery mm-hmm. and it channels sunlight and blows the motherfucker to pieces. Oh, like, damn. so like the crash where you're at, just gone, just gone. Wow. Okay. And <laughs> there's a funny scene if you choose to do that where you could possibly get out of the way and if Asterion's with you, he gets hit instead. <laughs> 
So he gets mad when you resurrect him. He's like, you didn't have to throw the power of the fucking sun at me. <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. I love and it. And you're like, well, you're you're better now. And he's like, yeah, but it really hurt. <laughs> so just a funny little moment there. Yeah. So yeah, from there, basically that is like more or less the end of the 0.5 part. Okay. So now we are going basically into act two. So um, once you decide to, once you finish that up and you've gotten, you don't necessarily have to have the blood of the Thander. You can skip that part. Once Flacketh and that fight happens, you basically can leave if you want to. Hmm. But again, like I said, the blood of the Thander, I think is one of the best weapons in the game. So I recommend you go and get it. Um, from there, you can either take the overpass, which leads you into the Shadow Cursed Lands, or if you go back underground, like which is where I pretty much left off, you can take an elevator that gets you to a separate section of it. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'm going to talk about that part. I'm not going to talk about the overpass because I haven't done that personally. I know how it ends, but I'm not going to talk about that part. Okay. So you run up on these fighters called the Harpers, and they have a little pin that has like a legit harp, and it's got a moon in like kind of on the other side of it it's a very cool kind of symbol um and they are in the shadow cursed lands it's this huge like wooded area but because it's all shadow cursed like all the trees are like gnarly like out of a fucking like like old scary like sleepy hollow-esque kind of Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and there's just like it basically what you find is that if you don't have a torch on you you take damage constantly oh okay Except for Shadowheart. For some reason or another, she's immune to the Shadow Curse. Okay. But like it it becomes hard. And this is this is also why I recommend the Blood of Lathander because it is a radiant weapon, so it radiates light. Mm. So you don't have to switch your weapon out for a torch to protect yourself. Okay. So, but anyway, point being is you come upon these harpers, they're like, Who the fuck are you? We're out here, we were scouting. We're trying to find Moonrise Towers because we want to fucking stop whatever's going on over there. And as this happens, one of the Harpers gets a little bit too spooked and the Shadow Curse takes him. It like, like it's like an invisible force that like grabs him and pulls him into this dark fog. And you can hear him being like, I can't see anybody. Where is everybody? Hello? And then you just hear like this sickening crunching sound. Ew. And then he reemerges, but his eyes are like glowing and he's got like this black shit like all over his face. And he's basically being like, there you all are. Come join me. Like he's just fucking taken over by the shadow curse. So it starts this short fight that in like introduces you into like basically what kind of shit you can expect, which is like literal like shadowy ghosts that you have to fight. Mm. And these actual people that are possessed by the shadow curse. So it's like some of these people are fighting someone that they're like, it was their brother just five minutes ago or like their mm-hmm. best friend, you know, just five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So after that fight, you talk to the the Harpers, however many survived, if any did survive. And they basically are like, OK, well, you did help us. Like there is this 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 inn that we're staying at called the Last Light Inn. You can come there. It's 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 protected. And you go, OK, so. They basically put it on your map. You can follow them if you want. You don't have to. Uh, you can start exploring. But again, you want to be careful if you're exploring because the shadow curse. Yeah. And shit like pops up out of nowhere. Like you can find like you'll find like a dead raven. And if you hit it, 
like several dead ravens just come out of nowhere and start attacking you. Like there are booby traps all over this place. Okay. That's um, not creepy at all. Yeah, it's it's super wild. There are these creatures whose name I forget, but their whole thing is that they have like these like razory whips and they, they like to garrot people. So basically they'll just like appear behind you and then mm-hmm. like use the, the whip garrot and pull you away so that you ha- are further away from your like your allies. And so they basically try to split the party up and divide and conquer. Mm. So. Anyway, you get to the last light in, you find this woman named Jahira, who is like this very, very, very old, like, I think she's, I think she's a half elf, which because she has that, she has that like elven blood, essentially, she's like, uh, they can, half elves, according to D&D, can live up to 180 years. So it's implied that she's been alive over a century at this point. Wow. But she looks great. She looks great for like over 100 years. (laughs) Uh, she is one of the characters that is from a previous Baldur's Gate game. Oh, okay. So, like, people who like have played previous Baldur's Gate games go, "That's I know who that is." <laughs> and as soon as you arrive, she's like, "Hey, thanks." One moment, and she uses her powers as a druid to make these vines basically trap your feet in place. Mm, okay. And she's like, "Ah, but not so fast. We need to do the check first. And she pulls out a jar that has a elithid tadpole in it. And she's like, these things always recognize their own. And she Mm. approaches you, and because you have one, it starts to, like, bang its little head up against the glass and is, like, excited, like it's communing with you, you know? And so she's like, I thought so. Y'all gotta die. And depending on your actions, you can either try and convince her or... The little mob boss uh, tiefling that I told you about, Maul, mm-hmm. will pop up and be like, nope, don't do it. Stop. They've actually helped us. They're great. They're fine. We promise. And Jahira's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah, no, she helped like, you know, one-eyed Steve. It's fine. One-eyed Steve? <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> I just made that character up. He doesn't exist in the game. Okay. As far as I know. I kind of um, figured, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So basically, like, Maul can save your bacon if you don't feel like you have, like, the chops to really, like, help yourself, if you will. So Jahira is, like, leery, but decides to trust you. And then you find out uh, by going into this building that basically there's a very powerful entity that lives in the Last Light Inn that is stopping everything Shadow Curse related in, like like, a good, like... Like I'd say like a like a quarter mile bubble around the place. So like they've been able to set up camp and they don't have to worry about the the shadow curse. Whatever this entity is has been protecting it. Okay. You also find that several of the tieflings from the tief from the grove, the Emerald Grove, have made it to the last light, but they had to basically like scramble because the leader Zevlor abandoned them. They're very vague about what happened because they don't have the context necessarily, but they're basically like Zevlor was supposed to protect us on the way to Baldur's Gate. He Mm -hmm. fucked us. Mm -hmm. So now we're, we're trapped here. And then you go upstairs and you find out that the entity is this woman who is a cleric named Isabel. And she looks like she had, she's napped for probably like close to a century, but (laughs) 
I think she might also be a half elf, but she's like, she looks very young, but like she looks very like haggard and tired, if you will, at the same time. Like her makeup is kind of fucked up. Like she's got like this dark, dark makeup that kind of is like running on her face. Mm hmm. And she explains that, like, she has been here protecting these people, and she is a follower of Saluna, which Shadowheart is not the biggest fan of. Oh, there's a whole subplot with uh, Shadowheart. Remember the Jark Desisteers that I mentioned? Yeah. When you're underground, there's, like, a former, like, you find out that that was, like, like a spot. Because the, the temple that the goblins were in, remember when I said all, like, the goblins were hanging out? That mm-hmm. was an abandoned temple to Saluna. Okay. And underneath it was, like a shar training ground so it's like truly like they're like light dark one after like yin and yang kind of a thing because it's like right below or or near this like temple to saluna was this temple to shar like it was very very close but it's like totally ruined and uh shadow hearts like well there there were dark justiciers here at one point it seems like they've all gone somewhere else following this gentleman named kethrick thorm and you're like okay well i've heard that name before Mm -hmm. anyway now I think I'm truly done with Aquan content. <laughs> <laughs> so as you're having this conversation with Isabel, this dude in a flaming fist outfit and like these fucking disgusting looking ass wings. Like they like you if you've ever had like fried chicken and you see like the bone, you know, mm-hmm. it has like a little bit of meat on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like think about like if those were like lar- like like your f- like forearm sized and just stuck into your back. <laughs> Oh god! And then, like, and then like two more of them to make like the wings, and they're feathered for some reason. But there's like no like muscle to them, you know. So it's just uh-huh. like these skeletal like feathered wings. And he's like, "Hey, Isabel, what do you think of my wings? New look, huh?" And you're like, "What the <laughs> fuck, bro?" <laughs> oh, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, these, yeah." You. No, he's like you. these. He's like these things. Yeah, Catherick Thorm said that if I followed him, that I, I, I could get whatever I wanted, and I've always wanted to fly, so now I can. And so he said, for this price, all I have to do is bring you to him. So come on, bitch. And she's like, no, no, thank <laughs> you, Marcus. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. That is his actual name. I'm not making that up. His name is Marcus. Okay. But she's like, Marcus, what are you doing? He's like, I've, I've, I fucked the flaming fist. I want to follow this guy. He gave me the power of flight. Like, <laughs> so then uh, these things called horrors descend upon the last light in, and you get another choice. Okay. You can choose to go, you know what? This Catholic Thorm guy sounds pretty cool, actually. And you can let Marcus take Isabel. Okay. Or you can fight Marcus and the horrors. If you choose, and I'm, I'm going with this first because I haven't done this, but I know generally what happens. Mm-hmm. If you choose to let either intentionally or unintentionally let uh, Marcus take Isabel because if he not like basically Marcus's whole thing in a fight is that he is he's aiming to knock out Isabel. Okay. So it's not like a standard fight where he's just going to fight whoever's closest to him. Mm-hmm. He and the hook horrors are aiming to f- knock out Isabel because if they knock out Isabel, she's immediately taken out of the fight and it's over. Okay. So like you have to kind of like play a little bit of defense because like you you have to either keep like buffing Isabel so she stays alive or you have to like kill them before they can knock out Isabel. Okay. So if Isabel is taken, uh, they they basically lose the protection and everyone in Last Light except for like maybe Jahira gets turned into a a shadow cursed monster or they're killed. Mm. So like basically it's like 
it's over. If if as far as the game isn't over, but it's over for like these people, mm, like the tieflings okay. that are there, like Maul is there. Uh, she gets taken away by one of the hooked horrors at the, uh, w- when this happens. So she like she's out of the fight regardless. Mm-hmm. Not that the tiefling kids don't really fight you for for you or what have you, but just know that like it's bad if if Isabel is taken. Because okay. unless you unless you I mean unless you want to in which case Jahir is absolutely going to fight you because she's like I should never have trusted you look what you've done you ruined everything mm-hmm. but if it's if you're fighting on their side and it still happens like she doesn't she's still mad but like she's not like mad to the point where she wants to kill you okay so to that end you could lose out on Jahira for the rest of the game mm. so there's that okay but if you rescue Isabel then everything is fine. The hooked horrors and everything, they not the hook horrors, sorry, the hook horrors are something else. They're they're just like these demonstrative bat looking motherfuckers with that try to fight. Basically, Jahira's like, that's enough. We gotta stop whatever is happening here. Catherick Thorm needs to go down. Moonrise Towers is like over there. If you want to go and find out more about it, talk talk more to Isabel. You talk to Isabel more. She gives you this like ability that is like here. This will keep you safe somewhat throughout the shadow curse. But okay. you have to find you have to find something stronger cuz like this is only going to work so well. Mm-hmm. From there, you can start exploring and you run across these harpers that are basically like no, you talk to these harpers who are basically like we know of this this drider which is like think of like a giant spider but instead of a head it's like it's like the torso and the body of a man and then it has like okay. spider eyes like on, in various places on its face so it's a uh, it's like spider but you replace the 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 sp with a dr got it drider okay They're like we know of this drider that is carrying this lantern that seems to sh- to keep the shadow curse at bay and that's how they're transporting people from that underground chasm and stuff mm-hmm. and other places to moonrise towers okay so we're gonna ambush him and we're gonna take that fucking lantern <laughs> so you basically run into them and you can set up in this old abandoned house you can set up an ambush you kill them you take the lantern and you find out that the lantern has a fairy in it named dolly 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 <laughs> she says okay. her name is dolly thrice okay so she speaks she speaks in kind of like a rhyme. That's why that's why I said she says her name is Dolly Thrice. That's that's one of her rhymes. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you let her go, she becomes she goes from like the little tiny like Tinkerbell like speck to mm-hmm. like at least a creature this big. And she's like, Oh man, thanks for letting me out of there. I all, all I had was this this mad drider and my own farts for company. <laughs> <laughs> Actual line in the in the game. Oh my god. And but so why? she gives you Yeah. <laughs> she's so funny. So uh because she's a fake creature, mm-hmm. you have to be very careful with them. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure I, th- I think I said this probably in Act One, but like there are creatures that will say, like, can I have your name? And you go, sure, and then they take they literally take your name. That kind of so you have to be like careful with what you ask for with them. Mm-hmm. And they're very like fickle, but like Dolly 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 is like, ah, eh, you know what? You did help me because what was happening in the lanterns was the way that they were getting the light to the, off of the the fairy is that they were crushing her slowly with this thing. Ew. So like she was like literally like being crushed with like spikes and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And so they basically were just like running her dry of her magic by killing her slowly. So she's like, well, it was super painful in there. I did have only my farts to deal with and the dryer's (laughs) dead and you helped me. So I have this bell and she gives you this bell that staves off the shadow curse. So now you can go throughout the shadow curse lands without having to worry Mm. because you have this bell that is basically protecting you. Okay. From here, you basically can, like I said, you can explore. So there's four things that I'm going to talk about. First one is you run into this kid whose name is Oliver and he's like he's got like this weird sort of like corruption across his face and like a tiefling and like tiefling horns for some reason. But he's not a tiefling. And he's like, I want to play hide and seek. Will you play with me? And you're like, uh, I get the feeling from the dead bodies around that I have to say yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So um, you can so basically the way he plays hide and seek is he goes invisible, but he always goes to the same spot the first time. Mm. However, you have to rely on like your perceptive ability. So like even if you know where he's going and you but if you fail the check, he wins. Mm. So like you want to win. It doesn't necessarily kill you. You don't get hurt if you if you lose. But like he's he's spurred on by by losing to play again. Okay. And so the second time. You actually have to be a bit more careful because he gets his mommy and daddy involved. And those are just more shadow cursed, cursed people. Like that are kind of just like roaming the area. And if you run into them, you have to fight them, mm-hmm. which is bad. He also has his best dog as well, which is another like demon creature. So if you beat him the second time, he's mad and he's like, you cheated somehow, but whatever. I'm not going to be a sore loser. Here's a ring. He, he gives you like a ring that I think uh, gets gets you ability called Pass Without Trace, which basically means that you get a plus 10 to any of your stealth rolls. Mm, okay. So if you cool. if you are bad with stealth, this is fantastic because if you could use Pass Without Trace, your four is now a 14 or your your 14 is now a 24, which is like amazing, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you can leave him. You go back to the last light and you find out that there's a gentleman there named Art Kulla, and he is. He's been trapped in in a nightmare for like it's it's implied that he's been trapped in a nightmare for like decades, like a really long time. And they just happen to stumble upon him. And he keeps muttering this song talking about Thaniel and me climbing up a tree like he just keeps muttering this song. And like people That's like he's a fl- he's like, yeah, yeah. But like he won't wake up like they've tried everything they can. and He won't wake up. So the Druid Halson that you rescued way back in the Druid Grove is like. He comes there because he you talk you can talk to him at your camp and basically be like, oh, well, there's a guy here that needs help. He goes, sure, I'll help. And as soon as Helson shows up, he's like, I know who Thaniel is. He's like the spirit of the forest, but he's gone missing mm. and no one's seen him for a really long time. So I'll I'll do some some like like research, but you look for something that could be familiar to this guy because that could help him give us more information. Interesting. Okay. So you end up like exploring and you run across this mausoleum for the Thorms. Like the okay. Thorm family. Mm-hmm. So it's implied that like all of the Maz- like the Thorms have been a family that have been here for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And in fighting one of the Shadow Cursed creatures, you get this busted loot. And it's like it's the game basically is like this. Like, oh, sorry. When you kill one of the shadow creatures, they leave behind like a memory or a thought or something like that that you can like look at and oh, read. Okay. So when you find the busted loot, you can interact with the the 
the dead the dead uh shadow creature and it'll basically be like this was somebody that was close to art color because it's like it is you see through his the, the 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 dead person's eyes like art playing this exact loot so you're like aha okay so you take it to him in strum and it like shakes him out of it a bit but he's still very weak mm. and it helps Halson, but he's like okay so here's the thing is i'm gonna go and try and rescue thaniel but like what happened is is that when the shadow curse fell upon the land it split thaniel into two thaniel and oliver (laughs) he doesn't he doesn't quite explain it that way but i'm just for Mm -hmm. sake of expediency i'm explaining that like this is what Mm -hmm. happens so you basically can approach oliver and he's like no thaniel left me and i've been here by myself with no one to play with so i made my own friends so i'm not going back to that bum and you're like come on dude be a a bro dude come on dude and he's like no in fact in fact i'm gonna show you all the new friends that i've made and he brings out like copies of himself and like his mommy and daddy so if you didn't fight them before you have to fight them now Mm. like there's a mechanic to the battle but eventually you can beat him up and you can even take Halson to, well, actually you don't beat him up. You beat up his protection. And once the protection is gone, then he's like, y'all are no fun. You keep killing all my friends and this sucks. And you're like, well, you know, who's a good friend for you? Thaniel. And he needs you <laughs> and you need him. So after that happens, Halson can basically be like, all right, well, I need to go into this special like place where I think Thaniel has been lost for a really long time. The problem is, is that as soon as I open this this portal to this place, I it's going to need to be protected and all these shadow creatures are going to come and try and destroy it. And if it, they destroy it, then I'm going to be trapped there with Daniel with no way to get back. So basically, you have to play like defense against this portal while waves upon waves of like these dead like fist and tieflings and all these other like monstrosities and stuff come just pouring at you like turn after turn yeah okay after you do that he basically brings daniel like out from the place that he was basically trapped in Mm -hmm. and he's like i'm gonna take him to camp where he can rest and recoup because he can't he can't do anything about the shadow curse in his weakened state like he's been away for so long he's so weak plus like his other half is like literally separated from him Mm -hmm. and he needs oliver to survive Mm-hmm. so he's like ba- you got to figure out how to stop the shadow curse i'm gonna keep thaniel chill over here while you're exploring you can stumble upon this old toll house where you see these skeleton heads these skulls that's just like floating around and they each talk about something mm-hmm. i didn't really talk to any of them that's why i'm being vague <laughs> but you go upstairs and there's this giant golden like woman who is just like just demanding gold. <laughs> She's just like, I want gold. <laughs> you must pass. If you must pass, you will give me gold. And it's like, uh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying to remember what her name is. Oh, Garen Goth. Garen Goth Thorm. So I'm just going to show you a picture of her. Just think of like a giant Buddha statue with this on her head, if you will. So what you find out with these storm characters is that you can fight them. It'll be hard, but you can fight them or yeah. Or if you're cunning enough, you can talk each one of them down or you can trick them. 
So with so with with Garingoth, you can't. She is like obsessed with gold, as you can tell. Mm-hmm. And you get different you get different perks depending on whether you like talk her down or fight and kill her. Mm-hmm. But if you basically convince her that the toll money does is is for her and not for the good of the land or whatever, because she mm-hmm. wants it not for herself necessarily, but she wants it because it's she's obsessed with the toll. Like she needs to like fulfill her mm-hmm. purpose. So mm-hmm. you could be like, you know, with no with nobody coming through, no travel, that toll money really belongs to you. And she gets like super fucking guilty and she's like, no, no, I I give it back. And she like explodes. <laughs> Damn. Into coins. <laughs> so you can just be like, sucks for her. I'm just going to take this couple hundred gold, put it in my pocket. Oh, my God. So you, that is how you can basically talk her down. Okay. The next one is Malice Thorm. And he is complicated. Yo. So Malice, yeah. <laughs> Malice is in this old... This old, essentially, like, hospital, kind of. Like, an old-timey, like, hospital, if you will. It's, like, a infirmary mm-hmm. area. And before you get there, you run into this tiefling girl named Arabella. If you may, you may remember, Arabella was the tiefling girl that you saved from Korga and her viper. Okay. And Arabella is like, I got separated from my parents. We were trying to get away when Zevlor, like, betrayed us or whatever. She just, she doesn't understand that, but that's basically the, the message that you get. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I can't find my parents, and I'm really scared. By the way, when I stole that idol, it gave me druid powers. Because <laughs> you get attacked by shadows, and she, like, uses her druid powers to, like, encase them in vines. Oh. But, it, but it, it wears her out, because she's just, like, she's just gotten the powers from, like, she's she's untested. She's untrained, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's like, if you could help me find my parents, uh, I'll, I'll find somewhere to hide. And you'd be like, hey, go to the last light. Or you could be like, hey, go to my my camp. Here are instructions on how to get there. And she's like, great, thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you come across this place, it's called the House of Healing. There's a lot of places that are called House of in this. So I, I understand if you get confused. Mm-hmm. You find that these, it is a, it's a Sharon uh, hospital, if you will. Or it is now a Sharon hospital, but like mm-hmm. it is, it's not because all of the nurses and stuff there are clearly like off and wrong. Okay. Like one of them is like convinced that her patients are just sleeping and they're clearly dead, you know, mm-hmm. and further inspection slash there's a, there's a spell in the game called speak with the dead where certain characters, even if you've killed them, will answer f- up to five questions. Okay. So you can ask them things like, who are you? How did you die? What were you doing before you died? Like, do you know who killed you? Or like, it depends generally. Mm-hmm. But but obviously, if you have killed the character, they may be less inclined to speak with you. So you may want somebody who like didn't hit the killing blow. Or you can even use like disguise like abilities to like, you know, trick them. But um, you can use Speak With Dead to find out that the two people that this nurse is convinced are alive are Arabella's parents. So you find out that they, they were murdered in, in the area and then basically brought to this hospital because they're just sleeping yikes. anyway. Yeah. Yikes indeed. So, so you have to like note for self, tell Arabella her parents are dead. Yeah. So anyway, you run upon malice and malice is in the theater, the infirmary theater. 
And the picture shows you that he's got some gnarly hands, basically. And and Malice is basically convinced that what he is doing is teaching these people to 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 uh what, what's the word i'm looking for to give soothing and healing but really what he's doing is like he's like slicing open patients who are like not sedated at all and like just like harming them like he's he's like basically saying that he's soothing them but what he's actually doing is harming them okay so he's like kind of insane hmm. there is allegedly allegedly a way to figure out that malice is actually like a mind flare in disguise, but I haven't seen it. Mm. I've gone looking. I haven't found it. Okay. Anyway, point being is, is you can either fight malice who has those gnarly looking hands Mm -hmm. and he has all like, he has like something like 15, 20 nurses who are all around. So they join the fight and it's nuts. Or you can convince malice to let the sisters practice soothing on him. Great. Where they come up with scalpels and they stab this man to death. <laughs> and he lets them do it happily. Yay. Man's literally goes out with a smile on his face. Yay. <laughs> exactly. Now, keep in mind, these fights are not necessarily like required. They're kind of optional. But like you learn a little bit more about the Thorms mm-hmm. and what have mm-hmm. become of them from this. Or at mm-hmm. least... Oh, what you think has become of them. Mm-hmm. All right. The last one of the Thorm trio here is called Fizzabald, and you find him in an abandoned tavern called the Waning Moon. Okay. They are, there are a bunch of, oh wait, because I, I just sent the photo over. I got to find a better picture for Fizzabald because he's, he's huge and he also has four legs. Oh my God. Creepy. Yeah, and he's got like basically his, his face is covered. Let me see if I can find a better picture of him. Ah, this one, this one will do. This one will do nicely. Maybe this will go. These will go up on Instagram, but they're all kind of gross. So you know. <laughs> oh my! Yeah. So he's so he's got like kind of like that like pudgy like pig lower body, and then he's uh-huh. attached. He's attached to like all these like these these like a. Uh, hoses and stuff and then he's got like a big old tub on on his yeah, back barrel yeah a Weird. barrel yeah so it's kind of it's kind of implied that like he's creating the stuff that goes into the barrel kind of oh but he starts out very very demanding but very pacifist if you will okay so he's sitting behind the bar and he's like, drink, tell me your story. I want stories. Uh, tell me of your travels. Um, and so you can like tell him about like some of the stuff that you've done on the adventure. Mm-hmm. But he's demanding that you drink and you have no idea what's in this fucking barrel. And really? he like pulls a little thing and it like squirts the it, like squirts the liquid into like a cup <laughs> that he'll he'll like give to you. So Yay. for me, for me, I um because I was a um I played as a monk. I basically got like the option to be like, I'm going to center myself. I'm not here. I'm somewhere far away as I drink this disgusting stuff that is burning my throat. <laughs> Just a vanilla milkshake. Just a vanilla uh-huh. milkshake. Yep. Yep. Exactly. This is this is a tasty milkshake and not disgusting juices that he's producing and putting in this barrel. Um <laughs> So uh, if you're not careful, he can he can be dissatisfied with your stories and mm-hmm. then he will get mad and you'll have to fight. OK, 
Or you can outdrink this motherfucker because, as you can see <laughs> in that portrait, he him uh, and the game tells you when you run upon him at first, it looks like he's barely holding together. Okay, like belly wise, it looks like mm-hmm. he is like full, full. And so, if your if your constitution is good enough, you literally make him drink to the point where his belly splits open and he dies. Oh, fuck. so. That that image that I sent you is with his belly basically split open, as you can kind of see. Yeah, I was wondering yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. I was like, let me leave that for later. So, mm-hmm. and you find out that he's actually like uh, an like an alchemist of sorts, but he deals in poisons. So, like, if you go into the back room after you kill him or after he dies, you find like all of these like items and like recipes for stuff that like produces like poisons and stuff. And he's got this special poison that he wants to he wants to make. But it's uh, on on the way to on, on the on the delivery. They had to abandon it because of the shadow curse. So mm-hmm. like he basically is like waiting for this delivery to come, and you can find out like where the delivery is. So you can find it to make this this poison for yourself later if you want. All right, Moonrise Towers Part One. So after all of this, you can go to Moonrise Towers. You go there. And depending on what you did with Minthara, she can be there. If you've killed her, obviously she's not there. But if you've spared her in some way, you used to have to do it in a convoluted way. It sounds like you don't have to anymore. She can be there and basically be on trial. And you run into this half-orc whose name I can't remember. It's not that important. And Kethrick Thorm himself. Voiced by J.K. Simmons. Mm. Okay. So, so there's that. He is sitting on this throne. He's got this like really death themed armor uh-huh. and a bunch of the goblins that like escaped the goblin camp are there pleading for their lives. And basically Kethrick is like, nah, kill him. I don't care. And one of the goblins is like, but we followed the absolute. We were like, we did everything you asked for. It's not our fault. The weapon got lost. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm not really caring about that. And then he goes, <laughs> oh, wait new person what do you think we should do and you're like uh i don't know before you can decide one of the goblins goes fuck this and she steals like this javelin and just 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 absolutely impales Catherick with it just absolutely wrecks him damn and he just like and he just looks bored the whole time amelia <laughs> as he reaches and grabs the javelin and Pulls it from his body and no, it's sorry. It's an ax. He, he, it's like a giant ax oh, okay. um, because the, 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 basically the point of the ax, like the, the top part of it, like the mm-hmm. pommel, if you will, or whatever, like goes, that's not the pommel. You know what I mean? I didn't want somebody coming for me. Goes like through <laughs> his chest. He pulls it out and then like walks up to the goblin and like drops it in front of her. And goes, try again. So like, just think of JK Simmons just being like, try again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So the goblin is like, oh, f- um, okay. And so she like winds up and just cleaves this this giant axe like in between his like shoulder and neck, just like halfway in. And in, he just like goes like this. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes, Ugh, and he pulls it out. He's totally fine. Like, even though you just watched this just happen to him, he's totally fine. And then he just like, gra- he just puts his hands together like this. 
He just puts his hands together and he just just absolutely caves in this goblin skull. You don't get to see it, but like it's heavily implied. He just with his bare hands just caves in this goblin skull. And then he goes, anyway, so yeah, you decide what to do with the rest of these goblins. I'm going to go upstairs. I have preparations to make. And I think the scene is different if Isabel is with you. But again, I didn't do that. So I'm not going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. From there, you talk to this half work and she's basically like, yeah, don't disappoint Ketherick because he's given me all these great abilities. The absolute has. And I can kill with with uh, with a thought. And she like snaps her fingers and like this giant orc woman dies like just like that. So she's like, "Uh," but it's funny because she's like. I like playtime, so like we can play nice. Like she's heavily being like, she's she's basically like, I mean, you could be a notch on my bedpost if you get what I'm saying, oh. or I could just kill you with a thought. That could also go be the thing. And you're like, great, <laughs> but you can actually go into the basement of Moonrise Towers, and you'll find several gnomes that were talked about in Act One. That, that basically were taken to Moonrise Towers. You'll also find some of the tieflings that had gone missing. They got taken to Moonrise Towers as well. And in talking to these gnomes, you'll find out that they have a plan to escape, but they just need some help. Mm-hmm. So you can either bring some weapons with you or you can find some weapons someplace to like help them escape because they're like very, very crafty. So like, they're just like, all we need is like some blunt objects. We can get this stoned out in no time. Mm, Easy, easy. Before that happens though, you do get a chance to talk to somebody. If you have Carlac with you, he basically is like, Hey, Carlac, uh, your friend told me that you would be here. You would show up here. Her name's Flo. Uh, and, Carlac is like, ah, seriously? Fucking, ah, uh, how's she doing? Aha, uh-huh, great. And then she like pulls you aside and she's like, that's Flo the Garotter. She's like one of the Cambians down there. We're kind of friends, but like, she's also threatened to kill me several times. So I don't really know how many <laughs> friend, like good friends we are. So Flo has what these things that are called soul coins. Flo is given this, this, per, this bugbear, these, these soul coins. And what they are is it's like iron press, but it has a literal soul of a creature in it. Okay. And he goes, this, this fucking, this bitch Flo basically made me promise that I was going to give these to you if you had, if you would listen to the stories of the souls inside them. And he, and she's like, well, why did you? bother memorizing them and he's like oh no i didn't she literally made it so i can't forget them until i tell you so could you fucking take them (laughs) 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 so um basically she has to listen to each one of these if you decide to take them Mm-hmm. And then she's so, but the the thing is that Soul Coins power up Carlac's engine, so it gives her more power to use these. So it's okay. it's kind of a trade off, if you will. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, Carlac's like, "Cool." So Flo was cool, giving me all these ability, this extra ability. But she just wanted to ruin my day by hearing about these sad stories about these souls that are now trapped in these Soul Coins. Anyway, so if you do the escape. Uh, Catherick is none the wiser. He has no idea. Mm-hmm. But then you can rescue the tieflings and the, and the gnomes who are like, we're going to go to Baldur's Gate now. Like, as soon as it's clear, we're going to go there. And it basically gives you more content for later. I see. Um, man, I'm just thinking about it now. And I'm like, Act 3 is going to be a fucking long. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for this podcast purposes, because there's so much that happens in Act 3. Anyway. So once you do that, you can go back. You basically can take a boat back to the Last Light Inn where they basically can now be there. Mm-hmm. 
from here, you can stumble upon Raphael again, who goes, hey, so I know that Asterion has been worrying about this particular issue, and I can tell him the answer to his issue if y'all will do me a favor. And you're like, ah, fucking, all right, what is it? So you find out either through talking to Asterion or you find out here and now, which is how I figured it out, that Astarian has a tattoo on his back that he can't see. Mm. Um, because he can't look in mirrors. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. and he doesn't know what the writing is. He just knows that it is essentially like a contract of some kind that mm. is written on his back. Okay, so he's at least aware that there is, that it's there. He's aware that it's there. He just can't read it. Mm -hmm. And he he hasn't run into anybody that can read Infernal or, like, knows what it says. Got it. So Raphael is like, I actually know what it says. And I can tell you, if you kill this Orthon, which is, like, a type of devil that I have down in this area. Mm -hmm. So you go in this area and you find out that it is a it is like a a giant um, testing ground for Sharans. So it's like if you want to become a dark justicier, this is where you do it. You have to you have to basically pass these tests. And if you pass the tests, you will be put in front of Shar for the final test. And then you can become a dark justicier. So Shadowheart is like, sign me the fuck up. Let's go. Stop wasting daylight. Let's move. Uh, So. You go down there and you have to fight you have, you have to face several trials. One of them is you have to go into this area called the library and you have to face a creature called the librarian. And okay. it basically casts this this bubble of silence around this huge area. And there are like creatures that you have to fight as well. Mm. The thing with silence is is most spells are verbal. So you can't cast any spells while the librarian is up because it's casting silence in this huge area. Mm-hmm. So like Shadowheart's abilities are kind of nerfed heavily because she's primarily a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. But killing the librarian removes the bubble so then you can fight normally. Got it. So that's one of the trials. You also run into this this undead person named Balthazar, who is one of the lieutenants for Kethric Thorm. And he's down there to find this thing called the Night Song which I mentioned back in Act 1. Okay, yeah, it sounds familiar. He also has this giant flesh golem whose name I can't remember, but it's something silly like him or something like that. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. I'll look it up later and maybe tell you, or maybe I won't. I don't know. So you have two options. You can decide to go along with Balthazar and be like, cool, yeah, I'll find the Night Song and I'll pave the way because he's like, there are a bunch of like undead justiciers in the area. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do, I don't want to deal with those. So if you want to kill him, great. Mm -hmm. I don't need your help or whatever. I'm a necromancer. It's fine. Um, Or you can kill him right then and there, which Mm -hmm. I've done both. I'll, I'll basically do the, the second way just because it's more entertaining, I suppose. Mm -hmm. So, as you're going along these trials, I won't get into every single one of them, but like one of them, you basically have to do like the Indiana Jones like trial where you have to like step over an invisible chasm and it has like space, but you can't see mm-hmm. like where you're stepping. So like you you don't know if you're step if you're about to die or not. Mm-hmm. One of them, you basically have to fight mirror images of yourself, and the and the only way to like proceed is by killing yourself. You can't kill like you can't fight like another person's shadow, like it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually damages you and, and debuffs you to do so. And then the Orthon has one of the things that you need. So he's sitting in this cat, he's sitting in this area with this thing called a displacer beast. And a displacer beast looks like a black panther with like tentacles coming out of it, like uh, the shoulder blades and the sides and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they can like, they can basically just like 
displace themselves. They can go, like, they can, like, disappear and reappear in another spot. The Orthon, uh, whose name I, name I cannot remember. What the fuck? Your gear. Your gear is his name. Is basically like, so Raphael put me down here in the pl- first place because he's a big bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he has done what Flo has kind of done. He's basically, he basically made your gear agree to this contract and he made it in a song and your gear cannot stop hearing the song until the contract is done. Oh God. And the, the contract is, is that he was tasked to go down into the Sharon temple and kill every last justicier. But the problem is, is that he's done that as far as he knows. Oh, so he's okay. going mad because he's like, what the fuck? This, he, he, yeah, like what, like what do I need to do? And so you run up on him, and he basically just wants to kill you because he's like, I mean, look, either I kill you and the and I win because then you were a justicier and and or whatever, or I kill you and it keeps going, in which case I'm back at square one anyway. So you can also talk him down. You can convince him to to first kill his his lackeys that he's got there which your reasoning is something like well i mean they're witnesses so maybe if you kill them then maybe it'll work doesn't work obviously and then you can go well the displacer beast is still here and she probably heard the contract and he's like okay but it's my best friend and you're like well i mean uh," and he's like all right and so then he kills the displacer beast and he goes i still hear it and you go well i mean you could unalive yourself and you get it's a really high check, but you can convince him to do it because like what happens is he just goes back to the hells. Like, he doesn't like die, die, you know, like none of these characters die, die. They just go back mm. to the hells. So you can convince him to do that, in which case then you can get the 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 orb that you need from him. Or you can straight up actually kill him. I actually convinced him to to basically unalive himself. <laughs> and then Raphael showed up and got mad and was like, well, I'm not you didn't fulfill your part of the deal, so I'm not fulfilling mine. But for sake of entertainment, I'll tell you what happens otherwise. So if you kill him, uh, if you kill or a year gear, Raphael goes, cool. Thanks for that. Uh, by the way, uh, see me soon. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what that tattoo on your back says. Mm, okay. What you find, what you can find out is that the reason that your gear couldn't kill the last just this year is because he had basically become like a horde of rats. You. He like basically turned himself into like he split his consciousness into like several like hundred rats. And so if you go to a a certain place, you can talk to these rats and they're confused. But like the more you talk to them, they realize like, oh, no, we used to be a person. And like he is like cool with that. Like he's like upset that you basically made him like become like whole again. Mm -hmm. That's actually how I solved it the first time. I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm missing something here because that's like the secret third way mm, is like, mm-hmm. so I kill, I killed that last actual justicier and then you run up on him and he's like, oh, I don't hear the song anymore. Thank you so much for helping me. I appreciate that. And then Raphael was like, no, you didn't do it right. So I'm not helping you. Bye. But anyway, so once you've done those tasks, you end up going further and further. You find out that. Uh, Catherick Thorm through the mausoleum and for the other places, you find out that Catherick Thorm descended into madness because his daughter died. Mm. His da- his daughter Isabel. Oh, and basically he used to be. It's it's heavily implied that he used to be a follower of Saluna, and then after his daughter died, he converted to Shar. 
And after, um, and then he died and then was resurrected by Merkel, the god of death and bones. And Merkel was like, I'll give you your daughter back. I'll give you all these other things back if you do this thing for me. And that is build an army in the name of the absolute. Mm. Not in the name of Merkel, in the name of the absolute. And he's like, yo, you gave me back my daughter and that's all I've ever wanted. Fuck my wife. I don't care. She's great. (laughs) Love her, but she's dead now. I wanted my daughter back. (laughs) So you find out that the night song is what is keeping Kethrick alive. Mm-hmm. Like, like keeping him from. Uh, sorry, he's he's alive regardless. It is keeping Kethrick from dying. Like, mm. it is why he was able to survive the 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 brutal shots from the goblin and basically just shrug them off. Okay. So whatever the night song is, it is protecting Kethrick. So you are ba- you're basically told like, don't try to kill Kethrick. It's not going to fucking work. <laughs> mm. So after you gather these things, you go further down and then you go into like an almost an astral plane esque, but it's like. It's like lower, if you will. Okay. It's like the astral plane, but it's not. And you go down there and you find that the night song is not a relic. The night song is the literal daughter of Saluna. Oh, okay. Her name is Dame Aelin. And I'm trying to remember, do you know the the process that it's, it's, uh, it's mostly Asia, Japanese, where they like if a if a vase will break, they will fill in the cracks with gold. Yes, mm-hmm. kind of. I don't remember what it's called, mm-hmm. but like, but I've heard of it. Yeah. So Dame Aelin's face looks like that. Oh, okay, interesting. So it's got it's got like gold lines and stuff like where like her like her face uh, in her face where like here. L- Let me just show you because brother, sister, baby, man, she's gorgeous. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's so interesting. So Dame Aelin is what is known as an Azimar. It is like A-A-S-I-M-A-R. Okay. Uh, maybe an extra R in there. Uh, basically, they're they're like the opposite of tieflings. Like they are like children of a, like a celestial kind of nature. Mm-hmm. And Dame Aelin is the literal child of a goddess in this in this case. Okay. So she's like she's like basically in what's called a soul cage. So this this this. um this cage basically takes Aelin's ability, like power to stay immortal as an Asimar. Every time Kethrick is harmed, it takes her and kills her, and then she resurrects. So she's been dying endlessly over a very long time, keep, essentially keeping Kethrick alive. Okay. If you've killed, if you've killed Balthazar by this point, you don't encounter him here. If you haven't, which is the f- the first time I did not, I didn't kill him. He basically is like, "Hey, thanks. Now you gotta die, sucker." Because I'm gonna take. Well, well, I shouldn't say that. If you're siding with them, then you're. He's like, "Cool, I'm gonna take her now. Goodbye." But if you're not siding with them, which I wasn't, he's like, "Well, I'll I'll kill you down here, and then I'll take her to." Catholic, like I was in, like I was told I had to do. Mm-hmm. He just wanted you to like clear the way so he didn't have to worry about and sully his hands. So you can fight him, and it's not a it's not a terribly difficult fight, but it kind of sucks because he's a necromancer, so he just rises a bunch of like skeleton soldiers at you. Yeah. But after that, uh, because I, as I said, Dame Aelin is the literal child of Saluna. Yeah. Shar goes, "Hey, Shadowheart, you want to be a darkest this year? Kill her." <laughs> Like you do. There, there you go. So you have to decide: Are you siding with Ketherick and letting in letting Dame Aelin get taken to Ketherick? Are you siding with Shar and letting Shadowheart kill 
Damalin? Or are you siding with Saluna and trying to convince Shadowheart not to murder this woman that basically is the way that she becomes the thing that she's been trying to get to the entire, her entire life, you know, as far as mm-hmm. she knows. Mm-hmm. But then Dame Aelin says something very interesting to Shadowheart specifically. And is like, uh, she, she references something from Shadowheart's childhood about wolves and uh, something that I didn't mention, but Shadowheart is terrified of wolves. So like, if you ever run into a part in the game where you see wolves, she gets the frightened condition and like it, it debuffs her. Oh, okay. And depending on how close you get with Shadowheart, she will actually like, she will kind of tell you that a little bit. She'll like share a memory because remember, she has kind of given up a good chunk of her memories to do this mission for, for the secrecy of Shar. That's kind of like her MO is that like anyone that's doing missions for Shar, they, they give up memories. So that way, if they get captured, they can't give up anything because they don't know anything necessarily. Got it. So it gives Shadowheart pause. Again, if you decide here from here, you can decide, all right, Shadowheart, fucking go for it, man. Do what you got to do, I guess. And she can kill Dame Aelin and take her place as uh, essentially a Dark Justicier. Like she gets that ability. Mm-hmm. Or you can tell her not to do it and basically turn her back on this goddess she's known for her entire life. Uh, and it is implied if you do that, because that's what I did, mm-hmm. that Dame Aelin has more information about Shadowheart. And we'll tell her after Catherick is dead. Because um, as you can expect, Dame Aelin is a little mad about the whole Catherick using her to stay immortal thing. Mm-hmm. Might want to like murder him like a lot, a lot, a lot. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she basically like draws upon her power now that she can because she's out of the soul cage. Mm hmm. And shoots up into the sky, leaves the realm, and she's making a fucking beeline for Catherick. Like, she's just like, Catherick Thorne! <laughs> like, she literally, like, has, like, a whole monologue as, like, her fucking, like, uh, her... Because she's... When you first see her, she's, like, in rags. Mm-hmm. But, like, after she gets freed, like, she gets her wings back, and they're these gorgeous, majestic wings. And they've even got, like... She just... She looks amazing, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All you really need to know. So she's like streaking across the sky. So like this darkness just gets split by this Azamar just beelining for Catherick. And you see Isabel in the last light in watching this streak go by with a look. Anyway, from there, basically <laughs> Shadowheart Shadowheart is like in in this instance, Shadowheart is like conflicted because she just turned her back mm-hmm. on her goddess. Mm-hmm. She did like she disobeyed her goddess like in a major way. And once you leave, you f- you are like, wait, where's Shadowheart? Mm-hmm. She's not with you. Oh, and then okay. and then she and then she appears and is basically like, I think I was only gone for a few minutes, but it was like centuries of torture. Like Shar oh, held me back and great. was like, fuck you. Like basically you are exiled. You you are no longer. And. A thing that I've I've forgotten to mention is that Shadowheart has kind of like stigmata a little bit. Mm, okay. She has a hole in her palm, but it doesn't bleed. But occasionally she just gets like searing pain in her hand. Mm. So like you'll just be walking around and you'll just hear her go, ah, it hurts. And she's like, if you try to confront her about it, she's like, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. It's only on one part. It's like at the front part of her palm. It doesn't go all the way through. Oh, but interesting. Anyway. She's like, I thought I knew the limits to the pain that I would get from this wound that won't heal, mm-hmm. but I was 
wrong. I was so wrong. Like, Shar fucked me up. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's a little despondent about it. But anyway, you can go back to the last light in. You can tell Jahira what happened. She's like, cool, perfect time. We can assault Catherick because we know that the Night Song was keeping him alive. Mm-hmm. And now the Night Song is free. So if we kill him, he's done. So you make an assault on 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 Moonrise Towers. This is Moonrise Towers Part 2. Basically, everybody that was there is like, you, you betrayed us. How dare you? You're, we're going we're gonna to kill you. Uh, and you can fight them. Explore Moonrise Towers. Uh, did I talk about Mimics before? Did we have a conversation about Mimics? Did I say something about a Mimic? I don't think so. Okay. You, you officially run into Mimics in Act 1, but there is a Mimic in Moonrise Towers. And what it is, is it is a treasure chest that reveals itself to be a monster mimicking a treasure chest once you interact with it so like there's always like a lingering threat in like dungeons and dragons games that like if you run into a treasure chest that it could could be like a mimic which is incredibly dangerous Hmm. they're like very powerful creatures anyway so you run up on catherick he's like you you depending on like what research you've done and what like because you can obviously like when you're looking through here, you can open up people's letters and like go through their bedrooms and stuff because they're not in there. They're mm-hmm. doing other shit. You can kill that orc lady who tried to like basically threaten you either with snoo snoo or with death. <laughs> um, uh, sorry, half orc lady, excuse me. Uh, and the lady that said she killed was an ogre, not an orc. My apologies if I didn't if I fucked that up. And basically, you can try to convince Catherick that like his wife would hate to see him this way, and that Isabel would hate to see him this way. And he's like, listen. I'm doing what what Merkel told me because he's given me everything back, even though he hasn't given him his wife back. But we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) So from there, you can start to basically have a fight with Catherick with is with Dame Aelin at your side. And she's supposed to be like really powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, Once you beat him down to a certain point, he can like he's a necromancer as well. So he brings all these like bone warriors to his aid and stuff. He basically is like, okay, time to employ the ace in the hole. And he does like this arm motion and this giant fucking tentacle rips out of the out, out of the castle and just grabs Dame Aelin and pulls her down into the depths. And then he just goes, woohoo! And he just like dives down. <laughs> <laughs> and so you basically just see this like fleshy tunnel that just descends deep into be- like the area below Moonrise. And you're like, well... All right, and you jump in. <laughs> okay, and you then. end up you end up in this like elithid compound that has been below Moonrise Towers. That's where you can find Zevlor. You can find the brain that I mentioned way back at the beginning. That's called us. Oh yeah. This is this is where he shows up. It shows up again, mm-hmm. and it's basically being ostracized because like it turned out to be different than the other intellect of ours. So uh, you find them, you find Zevlor, you can release Zevlor, and he basically tells you that, like, while he was trying to defend everybody, the Absolute caught him for a second Mm. and was like, listen, I know you're a paladin without an oath. If you want to be my paladin, think of all these cool powers you can have, and then you can save all these people. And so he was, like, daydreaming. He was, like, basically being brainwashed and daydreaming about all these things that he could do to protect these people while all these tieflings were basically just being like kidnapped and taken away and they snapped out of it and they were gone hmm, okay. and, then they, and, they, and then they took him too so something that i neglected to mention is that at some point if you uh, are arresting mizora will's patron shows up again which i think i talked about mizora 
if I didn't, yeah, um, I you so. find out that uh, that basically by Will not doing what what Mizora asked for with killing Karlak, he transforms Will into a devil. I think I said this. I think this this sounds familiar. So Ketherk has, has gone down the tube and you're down there. You meet Zevlor. He basically explains that he was essentially daydreaming and watching all of the things that the Absolute was promising him while he and the other tieflings were being abducted. So like that's how the Absolute got him. He wasn't he d- he didn't mean to like abandon them. But as far as they could see, he was just standing there doing nothing while they were all getting captured. So he they that's why they were mad. So mm. he's like I'm a failure. I failed I failed my people. I shouldn't I shouldn't have been listening to the sweet words of the absolute. And you basically kind of just like do that slap thing where you're like snap out of it, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Get back up, get back in the game. And then you also can rescue a couple of like, uh, you know, of people that were under Counselor Floric and stuff like that. Furthermore, you find the mural that you see at the beginning of the game, which depicts this thing called the Grand Design. It is basically the Illithid Empire rising up again. Mm, okay. Like basically, so ever since the the last time that they were able to have this happen, all that the mind flayers have been doing is trying to get the grand design going again. Okay. So you see that you also can run into what is essentially like this literal mind reader. So you can run into these during the course of the game. You can run into these things that are like essentially brains in jars. And okay. these mind flayers have been keeping these brains like alive somehow. So when you put them on this pedestal, there mm-hmm. is like a there's like an like a head that connects directly to it so that they can speak and, and see and hear and everything. So it's kind of like this weird sort of like VCR, except it's like brains. (laughs) Lovely. Yeah. Uh, You can also run into like this, like more cultists down there essentially who are like there in the name of the absolute. I'm going to skip a good chunk of this because it's just there for flavor, but like, and in lore purposes. But eventually what you do is you run, you find where Ketherick is hiding and he's hiding in this space where a bunch of nautiloids are just waiting under the ground. I see. Okay. And before you reach him, you, you see Ketherick talking to these two other figures. Mm. So you see, you see him talking to this person named Enver Gortash, who is voiced by Jason Isaacs. If you're familiar with him. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Lucius I'm going to show you. Yes. Is the only way I know him. <laughs> so there's a picture of Enver Gortash. Uh, he's a former like arms dealer and such that uh, mm, works okay. in works in uh, in Baldur's Gate. But you find out that he's kind of like risen to power by being the chosen of this god named Bane, who is the god of tyranny. Okay. And the other person that is there is simply named Orin the Red, and it's spelled O-R-I-N. And she is voiced by Maggie Robertson, uh, who you may not know. She's more of a video game actress. But Orin looks like this. She has no pupils. Creepy. Orin is known as a a changeling or a shapeshifter. Okay. That'll be important in Act 3 because we're almost to the end of Act 2 here. So you see this conversation that is going on basically being like, oh, and Orin is the chosen of Baal, the god of murder. So like, or like, remember earlier when I was like, oh, you know, like chaotic evil, they want to kill for the thrill of it. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I was secretly talking about Oren. <laughs> Got it. Okay. She uses a lot of like strange wording, basically just be like, I want to murder people. I want to shred their flesh. I want to see them scream. I want to bathe in blood. Like that is her whole, her whole deal. Great. So cool. Yes. She's, she is crazy go nuts university. <laughs> <laughs> So basically what you learn is the plot of what has all been actually happening at this moment. Okay. So Bane so Bane has grabbed his chosen, Ball has grabbed his chosen, and Merkel has grabbed his chosen, and they're doing this huge, like sort of like weird coup. So Catherick's plan Catherick's part of the plan is he's going to raise this huge army and they're going to march on Baldur's Gate as a threat. And then he's going to get defeated by Gortash, his steel watch, and and essentially Gortash is going to be so loved that they're going to be like, Gortash, you're the best. He, oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me. First, Orin is going to start to like just murder people randomly so that the people are already kind of on edge, and then the they're going to hear about this this uh this 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 general form that is going to march on Baldur's Gate. So they're going to be like, "Someone save us, please!" And Gortash is going to be like, "Make me Archduke, and I'll do it." Like, because mm-hmm. I can stop them, and then he will stop them and essentially plunge the city into like a tyranny state where he's going to like like do all sorts of like curfews and stuff. And then he's going to secretly abduct people from the curfew and get them basically with a mind flayer tadpole so that they all worship the absolute and they're all under his heel essentially. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And they're going to do that in help with Will's dad, who is uh, basically Duke elder Ravenguard uh, who is down there and you watch him get a tadpole put in his head. And then Gortash and Orin poof away, and you fight. Uh, you you get to fight Catherick Thorn. They also reveal that they have these things called Nether Stones. That like so Gortash's is on his his like gauntlet. Uh, Orin's is in her like blade, and sorry, Catherick Thorn's is in like the the chest of his like the, the center of the, the chest of his armor. Okay. And you can talk to you can either talk to. Catherick and kind of convince him that like he can still be rep- he can still repent uh, and he's like um yeah maybe maybe not but I serve Merkel um or you can fight him and you can mm-hmm. see that like once again Ke- uh Dame Aelin is trapped it's like for as powerful as Dame Aelin is she gets trapped like a bunch so like you have to be careful <laughs> so you actually have to start the fight by freeing Dame Aelin because uh Catherick won't take any damage as long as she's trapped Mm-hmm. And then the fight is in two stages. So you once you defeat Catherick, he basically is like, you can't, you can't keep denying me. I am the chosen of Merkel, Lord of Bones. Matter of fact, I give myself over to you. And he's standing over this huge pit, and he falls in. And then you just hear this rumbling voice, like, "Who the fuck just killed my chosen?" Not he doesn't say that exactly, but he's like, mm-hmm. "Who tries to kill my chosen? I am Merkel, Lord of Bones, and I will eviscerate all of you. It will not be the end; it will be the beginning." And this giant fucking skeleton golem just rises from this hole with this giant triangle on his head, and he reaches out and he grabs this massive scythe that was like stuck in the wall for some reason. <laughs> And so you're fighting this like giant skeleton golem who can eat mm. other like undead creatures to heal itself. Mm. 
Okay. So you like not only are you fighting this massive thing that can't move, but like you're also trying to like play defense so that it doesn't do that. And you're also fighting a mind flayer that is down there helping. Mm-hmm. So after you end up killing killing the avatar of Merkel, as it were, Catherick basically is like, like, I did all of this for Isabel. I just wanted I just wanted Isabel. And then like fire, like green fire erupts from his eyes as he dies because he's like he basically realizes that his failure has pissed off Merkel. And so mm-hmm. Merkel is, is forsaken him. And in that you get the, you get the, the netherstone from, from Thorm's chest. And you can also take his armor from there. You go back to the camp where Dame Aelin is like, Oh yeah. So I said, I was going to tell you some more Shadowheart. Shadowheart, you were originally a daughter of Saluna and Sharon's, basically kidnapped your parents and took you away and made you forget. And ma- and basically they tried to raise you as a daughter of Shar. Mm, okay. So like she's had this thought in her head the entire time that she's been like, like from she's never known like who her true mother was, but the mother superior was like there to raise her. But like, actually her parents are alive and she's a daughter of Shar. Oh, wow, Obviously okay. she doesn't learn this if, if Aelin is dead, but mm-hmm. The reason that I mentioned earlier and I kind of just like glossed over like Isabel watching the glare through the sky. Mm-hmm. Once you get back to to the part, like basically everyone regrouping and it is implied at this point now, now that Ketherick is dead, the shadow curse is going to go away. Mm-hmm. That Isabel and Aelin were in love. So they reunite because uh, they both thought the other was dead. Like uh, Aelin, the last time that she saw Isabel, she actually was dead. Mm-hmm. And then she was captured and then Isabel was resurrected. So like they like as far as Isabel knew, Aelin was dead and gone. And as far as Aelin knew, Isabel was dead and gone. So they uh, <laughs> there's a funny line where is like Aelin is like, all right, enough of that. We now uh, Isabel and I must take sucker in each other's bodies and words. And Isabel's like, Aelin, we'll see you later. Just relax. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so from there, um, you kind of have a short lived celebration because everyone's like happy that the shadow curse is over with and Catholic Thorne is dead, which you're like, but I mean, the threat is not over. You also find out that the thing, that the absolute actually is, is a thing called an elder brain. And it okay. is like the major, the major thing that runs the Illithid empire. Mm-hmm. So really mind flayers generally, if they're, if they're left to their own devices, they're kind of like kind of zombie ish in the fact that like they just, they seek brains and they can run okay. shit themselves. But like if an elder brain has control of them, they're puppets. Like they are, they're straight up and down puppets. So, okay. What happened is that through some means, which will be clarified in Act 3, these three idiots, the Chosen, have gotten <laughs> hold of this thing that control that can control an elder brain. Mm-hmm. So they are basically using this elder brain for power purposes. And the threat of like seromorphosis and stuff and, and using these tadpoles to basically create like a network of believers mm-hmm. that they can supplicate. After this happens, you... You go to sleep. Depending on who you are trying to romance, things can progress. Shadowheart, in this instance, dyes her hair white instead of black because she's like, well, I'm a daughter of Saluna. This seemed fitting. Make, mm-hmm. Made a change. Mm-hmm. And then you are woken up by Kithrak Voss from 1.5, the dude with the Goku hair. And he's like, yo, um, 
you may or may not know this by now, but uh, we got to kill Vlacketh. She's actually the bad person. She's the worst, and she's keeping all of the Githyanki under her her heel. And depending on how <laughs> depending on how uh, Lazelle is feeling, she could be mad at that. But she's she's still kind of fighting with her feelings because remember, in one point five, she was essentially called a traitor by Vlacketh and uh, for nothing. She was like basically just mad that she got betrayed by her queen. Mm-hmm. And then after not long after that, you end up having to fight several Githyanki who have come to attack you because they're trying to get the astral prism. And your dream visitor is like, I need help. I'm being overrun. You've got to get to this portal now or the absolute will turn you into mind flayers. Like the protection is breaking. I need your help now. Mm -hmm. So like you have to like rush. You basically have to like rush through this like wave of Githyanki to get to this portal that takes you into the astral prism. Once you arrive there, you have to start fighting what are called the Githyanki honor guard. And you're like, why the fuck is this honor guard here? Mm -hmm. And they're, they're beating up a mind flayer who turns to you and is like, I know what this looks like. I'm the one that's protecting you. I'm the dream visitor. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, we've been protected by a mind flayer this whole time. Like, it was using its ability to project, like, a, a, a vision that you would find appealing so that you wouldn't immediately go, oh, mind flayer, kill it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is you can end the game here by basically being like, eh, yeah, no, we're going to kill you. And if you kill the mind flayer, then the absolute takes over and you die. <laughs> I miss I skipped this whole thing with Gale, but I'll probably talk about it in Act Three because yeah. we're already running along. So you can choose how you're gonna handle things, but essentially you have to like beat up this honor guard who tells you uh, who, and after that, the mind flayer who calls himself the Emperor, he tells you that the way that he was protecting you was by keeping Prince Orpheus, the 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 I, I think the something of the comet. He's the 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 prince of the comet. The Prince of the Comet, who has these special abilities that are granted to him from his bloodline, mm-hmm. from taking over. And he basically was stopping the larva, the, the tadpoles, from turning everyone into mind flayers. So mm-hmm. as long as we had this astral prism and the emperor was basically using Prince Orpheus, Orpheus and keeping him captive, that was how he was protecting everyone. I see. So you learn that basically not only are you being you're you're basically being protected by the thing that you're trying not to become Mm -hmm. but he's saying that like this 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 um this uh myth of this this prince that was the true heir to the githyanki is real and he is here held captive by him you know so Mm -hmm. obviously lazel hates that because she has learned that like a Githyanki is keeping uh, being kept, being kept captive by a mind flayer, which she just hates in general. And she finds out that the stories were real about Prince Orpheus. And she's like, well, he's the one that can stop Vlacketh for sure. We have to release him immediately. And everyone was like, yeah, but then we'll turn into mind flayers if we release him because there's no guarantee he'll be cool with us. We all have mind flayer tadpoles and he hates mind flayers, you know? Mm-hmm. So basically you're tasked with going into Baldur's Gate and finding a way to give, gather all three of the nether stones, because you have one, you just need the ones from Orin and Gortash now, in order to stop the the plans that they have and also to stop the Elder Brain from taking over. Because you find out that this, this Mind Flayer, the Emperor, is a rogue illithid. He like does not want to be underneath the Mind Flayer. Uh, uh, like, he doesn't want to be under an Elder Brain ever again. So mm-hmm. like, 
he's like trying that that's why he's like i'm protecting you i'm on your side i want the same thing things that this dream visitor has been saying this entire time is like i'm on your side i want freedom just like you do like he's basically saying this so yeah. act two ends with you finally starting to make your way into the area known as Baldur's gate with you going to a town called rivington with your mission set to Save yourself, hopefully, before you turn into a mind flayer. Mm-hmm. Stop this evil plot that is only one third destroyed now because Orin is still loose in the city and she's a shape changer, so she can be anyone. And mm-hmm. Gortash, who has like essentially is going to be given absolute power over the city as the Archduke soon. So you you basically are like you can see Baldur's Gate literally on the horizon, but it is like you know, you've got all this stuff that could potentially happen as a result. So so close and yet so far. Exactly. Exactly. So like I said, act three, I'm going to try my best. It's I, I get the feeling I'll be able to get it done in under two hours. I, I apologize that I, I was like, oh yeah, act two is going to be short. I was like, nope, I forgot about all this shit. I got to include it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause I've never talked for a million hours it's fine still but still you know like at this point bless you if you've listened to all of this it's you're four hours deep i at this point of the game i was probably somewhere in like the 50 to 60 hour range perhaps like in terms of actual playtime, and that doesn't even include me going back literally 15 to 20 hours to try and fix an issue with a romance with carlac that i that you may have heard me talk about but mm-hmm. i'll probably talk about in act three if we if i don't talk your fucking ears off. <laughs> so <laughs> thoughts questions concerns comments things you want clarified from there um, i don't think so i'm just along for the ride <laughs> that's totally fair and especially for act three because there's going to be a lot of like there's gonna be a lot of like loose ends tying up mm-hmm. but there'll be a couple that create new loose ends so like if you have questions just interrupt me for act three like just do it it's fine okay so with that being said i didn't make up a theme song for it this is a million what the fuck is this <laughs> This is part of the episode where I find something wild and crazy kids on the internet and I show it to Amelia without any context. He read. Okay, let's see. This post may contain erotic or adult imagery. It super doesn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. yes, t- I'm over 18. The actual fuck. What? Okay, so does this woman that I'm going to say is probably in her 20s or 30s, um, that is just, I'm assuming it's a mimosa, because it looks like orange juice in a champagne flute, um, puts her whole mouth around the whole rim of the uh, glass and just pours it back, just totally pours it back and then the camera cuts to what I'm assuming is probably her mom or mother-in-law or aunt or something but I'm gonna (laughs) guess mom um who's just staring at her with a grim look like what are you doing (laughs) and I get why this is marked uh erotic or adult (laughs) I hadn't thought of it that way but fair enough I mean, I don't think it needs to be, but the fact that it is makes it funnier. <laughs> so, yeah, this this woman clearly needed a drink stat. <laughs> 
it's just such a look of disappointment that's just yeah. so funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the, what, like I said, assuming that's their mother is just, yeah, the disdain. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. So if you have any thoughts, you know, A-S-W-A-Y-D-P-O-D on the old uh, Instagram or Gmail, you can hit us there. Uh, tell us what you think and how you feel and all that good stuff. We would love to hear from you specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me at a black sparrow, most places, uh, especially TikTok and Twitter and Twitch blue sky. Also, I am trying my hardest to up update those things. I just don't ever feel like I have anything interesting to say, but you know, that is what it is. And then Amelia is at shake Me's world and yep. also fuck the perfect life. Yep. So yeah, that's cool and great and great and cool. We, I ran the limit on your voicemail. I'm so sorry. Yep, I'm sorry we went so long. Yep, so next time we'll talk about winter hair trends that won't matter because you're going to wear a beanie every day. Bye! (laughs) Bye!